Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's one of our leaders, Andrew Haas. Hallelujah. It's good to be here this morning. I'm excited. One of, uh, I, I am Andrew Haas, and uh, I'm one of the young adult leaders here. Before I got up here a few moments ago, my wife pulled me close, and she said, don't mess it up. <laughs> Thanks, sweetheart. <laughs> Well, a couple of weeks ago, um, we were all here, a few of us were here in the auditorium, and we um, were doing some long-term planning for the church, and we were in these breakout sessions, and uh, one of the items that we had to discuss in my breakout session was service times, and they, uh, the, the theme, the general theme was, hey, let's, we need to make sure when we, we, we got to keep the service times, you know, to a certain amount of time, because it kind of seemed to run over during the sermons. And then we were going back and forth, and finally someone just blurted out and said, well, we just need to tell the worst offenders to cut it out. And every sudden, everybody got real, real quiet, and everyone just kind of looked at me. And I was like, what? (laughs) So I promised to try and stay on time this morning. That's my promise. But with that being said, let's jump right in so we can really dig into what we we believe the Lord has for us this morning. So have you guys been enjoying this series uh, generations. This has been really good, right? So we've heard from some really great speakers. We've heard from Pastor Matt, Pastor Deb. We've heard from Tim Kleiner. Um, we've heard what it means to really uh, live in uh, that childlike state with the, with the Lord, what it means to grow from that childlike state into an adulthood. And this morning, I'm going to talk to you guys about what it means to be a spiritual adult. And I always seem to get the ones that really challenge me, right? Like when they told me I was going to preach on that, I'm like, man, I can't get out of bed in the morning sometimes. Like, really? You want me to preach on that? But it's okay, because by God's grace and in my weakness, he is strong. And he's going to come forth in the morning. And we're going to believe this morning that as the word goes forth, it's going to find its way into your heart and it's going to produce change in you. It's got to produce change. We, when we're here, we're gathered together as a body. You know, you have, you have an opportunity here that you don't have when you're disconnected disconnected from the body. There's certain things, and we're going to really dig into this later, but I'm going to put this thought in your mind. There's certain things you will only get as you're connected to the body. You can't hot dog it. There's no, there's no, there's no such thing as being disconnected. You will only get certain truths and certain revelations as you're connected to the body of Christ. Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, we just all agree in faith right now that as the word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will go forth and accomplish that which you purposed it to do. We thank you for grace here in this room, Father. Hide me behind your presence, and I just ask that you, we position ourselves now to hear from you. Holy Spirit, come here and do what you want to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. All right, so let's jump in. 2 Timothy 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 15. Let's pull it up here. It says, to be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. So I'm going to give you a couple of points here, a couple of characteristics of what I believe marks a spiritual adult. I'm going to tell you some things, and then we're going to go on, and I'm going to tell them to you again so we really, really get them deep down inside of our hearts. The first is, it says to be diligent. Let me just tell you something. Spiritual growth doesn't happen on accident. It doesn't happen on accident. You don't, it's not like the passage of time with your physical body, right? As, as, the, as the days go by, eventually you become what the, 
you know, what we call an adult when you're 18 years of age. It doesn't work like that in your spiritual life. You can become a spiritual adult a lot faster than 18 years. The word, the word commands us to be diligent. See, what most of us, when we think of diligence, we always like to put an end to something, right? Well, there's no end to diligence. There isn't a, there isn't a beginning and an end. So there's a beginning to being diligent. You can learn it, but it doesn't ever stop. You're always diligent. You don't get to wake up for five days in a row, spend time in the Word, and then say, well, what's going on? My life hasn't changed. No, it never ends. There's a diligence here. I'm going to quote a man that's since gone to be with the Lord. His name was Watchman Nee. He said this very profound thing about the body of Christ 50 years ago, and I think it, it applies to us today just as much, or probably even more so. He said, there's an all-too-common attitude with the church that says, what I know, I know, and what I don't know, I don't know. Let me tell you something. That is not God. What you don't know, you will be held responsible for. You will be held responsible for things that you don't know. It's not okay to say, well, I don't know about water baptism. I, and that's, a, that's, that's just the way that it is. Well, I don't know about the blood of Jesus. I don't really know that it does speak a better word for me. I don't really know what that means. Well, that's not, that's, that's not acceptable. As a spiritual adult, when you, you have to take responsibility for yourself to get into the Word. It's not enough. And I'm going to quote Tim Kleiner here. It's not enough, okay, to just, to just grab your, you know, sit down on the can in the morning, read your little devotional, and then move on. That's not enough. You have to be diligent. So a mark of someone who, who is um, a spiritual adult is diligence. And I'm, let me say this. I meant to say this at the very beginning. What I want to do is use this sermon as like a gauge or a test. And it's not, it's not to bring condemnation. Not to bring condemnation. At the end, we can wrap it up and talk about what, how we truly examine ourselves. So second thing, he says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman. We're not to be idle. And I want to, I'm, we're going to spend more time on this point later, but this would literally be the equivalent of going and getting a master's degree or a bachelor's degree in whatever profession and then going and working at McDonald's. Right? See, we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to just have it. And, this, so the, and then that leads right into the third point. It says not to be ashamed. Right? There's, a, there's lots of different types of shame. There's a shame from sin. There's, a, you know, there's lots of shame. But let me just say something. The shame from sin has been taken away and nailed to the cross. The, same that, the shame that he's talking about here is literally putting the word in you, being diligent, and then doing nothing with it. That's not what you were called to do. See, you know, we're gonna, like I said, we're, gonna, we're really going to talk about this more, but you've been called to the body. You've been called to be here and to function inside the body. We have a responsibility. We're not supposed to be idle. He says you were, you were to be diligent Presenting yourself approved for God as a workman. That's what we are called to do. We are supposed to be workmen, not being ashamed. Okay, and the final number four here says we are to, um, not to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Now, I want to park on this point for a minute because it's really important to understand. All right, the word accurately handling the word of truth says handling is kind of, it's, it's, it, it means to divide, right, or to apply. So we have to accurately handle or apply the word of truth. So I want to give you two examples. One, what does it mean to mishandle so that we can really understand how we can properly handle the word of truth, right? So I, Sam, come here. So the way I prepare for sermons, come on up here, brother. So the way I prepare for sermons, I go down in my basement and I sometimes I make these props and this was all I had, so you have to forgive me. It's kind of like a sword. You can get somebody, and then you turn around like this, and you can smack somebody and say, it's the love of Jesus. 
<laughs> so, all right, so here we go. So, you know, the Bible calls the Word of God, what it says, it's, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, right? It's the, word of the, it's the Word of God. It's the sword of the Spirit, right? So, if I'm going to accurately handle something, all right, I have to, there has to be a level of maturity with that. So, Sam, I'm going to give you this. Do me a favor. Hold it for me. Like that. There we go. Okay. So, I'm the Holy Spirit. I've just given Sam, you know, stick with here. Sit, sit back a little bit so we can see you here. So, I've just given Sam, okay, a weapon, because the Bible says that it's a weapon. I've just given him a weapon that is for two things. One, it's to defend himself. Right? To protect himself, and it's to do battle with the devil. That's what that word of God is for, right? So, in theory, that's his, and in theory, he can hurt himself with it. And in theory, he can hurt other people with it. So, watch this. The word of God, okay, is the sword of the Spirit, sharper than two edged sword. So, Sam. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So what have I just done? I've handed something and I've put it right into his hands, right? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Now, if Sam has, is mishandling the word, he might have a thought like this. Well, I just sinned. The Bible says that if I love him, I'll keep his commandments. Therefore, I sinned. Therefore, I don't love God. What has Sam just done to himself? That's what Sam has just done to himself. He used the word... He, miss, he did not accurately handle the word of truth. He used it to bring condemnation upon himself. Don't ever use the word of God that way. That's not what it was for. It was for your edification. It was for reproof, not for condemnation. Are you guys following me here? This is really, really important to get. When you misrepresent or mishandle the word of God, you can do damage, great damage to yourself. That's not why God gave you his word. Now, let's go one more way. How do we mishandle it? No, everyone's real familiar with that verse. It's one that, every, you know, we've all heard it, right? Uh, wives, submit to your husbands, right? So let's just say that Sam takes the word, goes up to his wonderful wife and says, Submit, Mel. Make me breakfast, right? What has he just done? He has now taken the word and he used it to hurt his wife, that was actually the very thing that God said he was supposed to use to take care of her. And he used it to hurt and manipulate her. You see, that's not accurately handling the word of God. Thanks, brother. You can sit down. Give Sam a hand. What a man. Thank you, brother. So we're, that's not accurately handling the word of God. Now, what does it mean to accurately handle the word of God? Now, for this one, I'm going to have to quote my wife, all right? She's a wonderful woman. She's here in the front row. If you haven't met her, don't worry. She's an extreme extrovert, and she'll get all of you by the time this is over. So, and I quote, we have to view the scriptures in the light of God's love, end quote. If you don't, and whenever you read the Bible, whenever you come to it, if you don't have a revelation of how much God loves you, you're going to take this and you're going to hurt yourself with it. You're going to hurt yourself badly with it. So let's go back to John 14, 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Do you know how viewing that through God's word, through his love, do you know what that says? When you view it through a revelation of God's love, it's if you love me, you'll have no problem keeping my commandments. Let that sink in for a second. Hold on a second. If you love me, 
is where he says, if you remain in me and I in you, if you just abide in me, my commandments aren't a problem, right? It, you see, what we've done is we've so hammered the cross, we've so hammered the cross in people's faces, and we've said, you know, repent, deny yourself, all. and those things are true, because hold on a second, that I'm not beating up on the law, because the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, all right? The law is perfect and whole and good, but what I'm saying is, is that if we continually go down that path of, oh, God, why, why am I screwing up? Why am I doing this? Why, am I, why can't I seem to get this? Because you don't know how much God loves you. Because if you have a revelation of that love, I'm sorry, his, his commandments are not a problem. So instead of sitting down and, and, you know, and getting on beating ourselves up and, you know, and living in condemnation, which let me just tell you right now, condemnation is not God. It's not him. He's not condemning you. That is, not, that is not his Holy Spirit. That is not the Holy Spirit condemning you. That is self-condemnation, or that's from the enemy, and you need to reject it and put it under the blood, and you need to take that thought captive. See, when we, we have to accurately handle Okay, so let, last thing on this, and then we'll move on. Whenever you hear a preacher speaking, and let me give you an example, okay? You guys know who Isaiah Salivar is? So he'll get up here, right, and he just starts going to town. And he just, he's just, he's in your face, he's in your face, and he's in your face. And you know how many people I've heard go, well, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I just can't, he just doesn't take a breath, and I just don't know that I can handle He's just preaching fire and brimstone. Well, let me just tell you something. If you have a revelation of how much God loves you, all that does is bring conviction that produces faith that gives forth change in your life. That's all that that does. When you have the word of God and you have the love of God, whenever you hear a word come out, filter it through his love, and that brings conviction, producing faith, bringing change in your life. The other is just condemnation and is dead. There's nothing to it. If you hear something, if you hear the word and it brings condemnation, let me just tell you something. Nine times out of ten, it's probably not the preacher that's condemning you. Duh! You know, what, what other motive, can I just tell you, what other motivation, okay, I mean, I'll be real honest with you, what other motivation does the person standing up there have? They're going to come up here, well, you know, okay, I'm not a paid staff member. I'm here because I love this, and I love serving in the body of Christ, and I love being here and playing my part. When you understand the motivation is simply, I want to see Christ formed in you, and that we're here as a body, and that we all can't see, the Bible says we can't represent Christ by ourselves. I can't represent him by myself. We have to be here collectively as a body. And when you understand the motivation of that person, and if you feel condemned, let me just tell you right now, you need to not, you don't, don't, don't go back and ask God to help you be a better person. Go back and ask God to open up your eyes to how much he loves you. Open up your eyes to God, help me understand your love. I need to understand it. You know, I've gotten in the habit recently of waking up in the morning and saying, Jesus, show me Jesus this morning, Holy Spirit. Show me your love. I need to understand it because we will never, our, our, the sanctification process won't work if we're trying to do it inside just good works. It has to be motivated by love. He said, the love of God controls me. Apostle Paul said, it constrains me. Said, all, the, all the good things, and let me just tell you, the, the, the weapons, the, the, the gifts, the, the, the things, they all work. And they work outside of his love because they're gifts, they're independent. But you, you, can know, you, can, you can do all sorts of good things and not really know God's love and not really have a relationship with him. It's about relationship. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. So how does God's word define an adult? Now, this is important. Whenever we, whenever we 
come to, to preach or when we come to, together, we always want to make sure that we're on target with the Word and that we're viewing whatever issue it is through the lens of His Word, right? His Word is perfect. In fact, I'm going to say this. His Word is perfect, and you know what it says about itself? It says, He says, let every man be found a liar, only let God's Word remain true. And you know what that means is, is that there's always going to be something in culture or something in someone that's going to challenge God's word. And what he's saying to you is you have to make up your mind that God's word is true. And every man is a liar when it comes to opposing the word of God. Adulthood, and I'm going to say this if you don't remember anything else, just remember this. Adulthood equals, in God's eyes, being conformed to the image of Christ. Nothing more, nothing less. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. But let's, let's, we're going to read the word here. Ephesians 4, 13 through 16. It says, uh, let me give you some context here just, and just for two seconds. So this, so the Apostle Paul, he's writing to the Ephesians, and he's talking about the gifts that, he's, that were given to um, the body. And, the, and it's called the fivefold ministry. The, I'm, I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, so he's talking about the, the gifts that have been given and dispersed among men and the reason that they were given. So we're going to pick up in the reason that they were given. It says, until we all, everybody say all, attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature. The word stature means maturity. So he's literally saying the measure of the maturity of who, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So what's he saying here? The whole point of all of us getting together and being here and being in this place together is so that we all obtain the measure of the maturity of the fullness of Christ. That's the goal. That's the aim. Why? As a result, we are to no longer be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by whatever joint supplies, according to the proper working in each individual part, causes growth of the body and the building up of itself in love. Now, I read that whole thing, so now let's go back through it here and, and, and break it down. So number one, being a spiritual adult, God defines it as Christ. And if we remember, if we go back, the, um, the, the sermon that Tim spoke, wonderful job, okay? I'm just going to bring out one thing that he said. The way that you grow is by getting in and longing for the pure milk of the word. That is what's going to cause you to grow into Christ. Now, that being said, I want to add to that. What does it say? It says, as a result, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. scheming. Hey, listen, there's a lot of things out there, and you, you, you know, there, there's a lot of things out there that oppose Christianity, and some of them are very blatant, and some of them are very, very sneaky. You know, there's one... There's one, and, I, and I'm going to just be real, real brief with it. It talks about evolution and Christianity, how they can coexist, right? How they can be together and how evolution can be true and how Christianity can be true. And the basis of that theory is, is that when God 
created the heavens and the earth, one day was more like a million years. And so then, like, after the seven days of creation, it was like seven million years. And churches, there are churches that, that, that put that out there and preach it. But let me just tell you something. Number one, I heard, I heard somebody said, yeah, I, I could believe that, but I don't really get the point. Like, why, why, are, why are they arguing that? And let me just very clearly say, anything right off the bat, anything that challenges God's word is an antichrist. You need, you need to understand that's why that's so dangerous, is you may think that, well, I don't get why they're over there arguing that. It doesn't matter if there's one believer that decides to say, yeah, I, I think that could coexist. Well, then you've just completely crumbled the foundations because that means that there's other things in the word that could not be true. That's why it matters. Um, okay, so here's, here's one particular one that I really want to address because it's, it's so very important. There's this attitude, and I, and, and I want to I, I say, like, I wish I was, like, alive for, like, a thousand years so I could go back and say, like, yeah, this was, like, an attitude that's, like, because it couldn't, it can't just be, like, now, right? Like, because, you know, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. The stuff just comes and repeats itself. The devil just, his schemes aren't really that brilliant, you know? They just, they're just the same thing. So, I, I am a huge fan. Can I come down here? Is that okay? I, I, I am a huge fan of counseling, of books that um, help you do self-reflection, of things that help you understand more about yourself. But there's this attitude that has really crept into the church, okay? And it's really crept, and, and we call it grace, and we call it wisdom, and we call it, it hides behind, like, things that sound really good, you know? But it is, this, it is this mindset that gets you to stop looking away to Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 says, look away unto Jesus from everything that will distract you. He's the author. He's the perfecter of your faith. But there's, there's this mindset that, that, that we go back and say, well, you know, I, I need to go back and look at the things that I've been predisposed to. I need to go back and look at the things that, you know, I was raped, I was abused. I was, and let me say, I'm not preaching against that, okay? I've spent a long time. I've gone to counseling. I've, I've read all these books. But let me just tell you something. If the, the end of all that study and help doesn't bring you back to the cross and doesn't bring you back to Jesus, it's an antichrist. And I, I, and you may not like that. That may really bother you. But I need you to you go back. You go back and you take that to the word and you pray about what I'm saying. I love counseling. I think they're great. I think it's great. But at the end of the day, if all it does is make you stare in the mirror and go, "Gosh, I've just got so many problems." Well, at least I know that it came from my dad or it came from my mom, and this happened to me like this, and this happened to me like that. Let me just tell you something. You've been made new right now. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. This was a note I had for later on. I'm going to give it to you now because I feel like it's the right time. We, um, I've spent a long time. I have a wonderful, wonderful earthly father. But you know what? He didn't raise me 100% because he's a man just like his father was a man, just like his father was a man. And I spent a long time. I mean, I spent a long time reading books and going through things like, oh, yeah, that was another daddy issue. Let's just pile them on. You know, just piling them on. But let me just tell you something. You know what? You know what Matthew 23, 9 says? You know what Jesus said in there? He said, don't call any man your father here on earth because you have one father who is in heaven. He's, you know why he said that? Because you need to remember where your beginnings came from. They came from heaven. And you don't, it doesn't matter if you had the worst father. It doesn't matter if you had no father. It doesn't matter if you had a great father here on earth. Good for you, but it still isn't an accurate representation of how much God loves you. 
It doesn't matter. What matters is that you know where you came from and you know that you're going back. That's what matters. And see, what does he do? He, he does that a way to lovingly take an excuse away from us. Lovingly take an excuse away from us. If you, and, and I want to come back and I'm going to say this three, four, five times in the midst of this, is, is that you have to view everything that's getting said through the lens of his love. He didn't, he didn't come down and say, get over yourself. He didn't say, come down, get over yourself. That's not what he said. Right? He'd be the first to come down, put his arm around you and say, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I didn't want that to happen to you. I love you so much. I wish that didn't happen to you. But you know what? I made you new. I made you new. And I came to bring you healing now. And you don't have to spend 50 years wandering around the mountain going, God, when are you going to just change this whole wretched person? No, he made you new now. And you don't have to wait for that. You know, that... Let's just, that's a defining characteristic of what it means to be in Christ and to equal the measure of the maturity of Christ is that you recognize, have the revelation of his love for you and that you realize that I wake up in the morning and I am right. I am right. He doesn't, you don't need to wake up and go, God, how do I get right today? You wake up and you say, God, thank you that it's right today. You know why, you know why he keeps comparing our relationship with him as a bride and a groom? Because when I wake up in the morning, I don't wake up in the morning and go, oh man, what do I gotta do to earn Brooke's love today? She probably wishes I would do that, right? No, I'm kidding. No, but I wake up and I'm loved by her. I didn't do anything more or less to be loved by her. And vice versa. And that's exactly what the relationship that we need to ask God, show me. Open my eyes, Jesus. Help me, Holy Spirit. Open my eyes. Because apart from him doing it, you won't get it. Let me just say that again. Apart from you asking him, and I can sense right now that there's some people that are sitting under condemnation in this room because of this. Stop it. That's not God. That's not what he wants for you. It's not condemnation. Please throw it off. Put it down. Get it out of your mind and say, Jesus, Bring this conviction in my heart right now. Jesus, bring this conviction that produces repentance, that brings forth change. He said, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. See, you don't need to try to change. You are changed. And when you begin to engage Holy Spirit like that, from an attitude of Jesus, it's done. I need you. Jesus, I want to cultivate, Holy Spirit, I want to cultivate a relationship with you. Don't make it any more complicated than just spending time with Holy Spirit. And watch what he does in your life. He wants it way more than you do, way more than you do. You know, it says, uh, can you bring that scripture back up, Ephesians? It talks about all, all of us with every joint supplies. 15, I'm sorry. Let me try this. Okay, uh, 16. We'll get there. From whom the whole body being fitted and held together by whatever joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Let me just tell you something. When it's talking about each joint, that means you. He's talking about every joint. We're in this meeting, we were, we were having this meeting about the long vision of the church, and we were going through all the statistics and the salvations and the, you know, you know, the number of attendees we have every week. And, and the, the leader was going, hey, you know what? Congratulations. You guys have one of the highest volunteer staff for your size church that we see. And we all kind of sat there and we're like, well, that's great. But let me just tell you something. According to this, it's supposed to be 100% volunteer staff. And I say that, let me, that's not condemnation. Get it out of your mind. If, 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 if that comes out and you're like, oh, 
I'm not volunteering. That's not condemnation. Bring, ask God to bring conviction to your heart about that. I'm going to tell you something. There is a, there is a, I, I was not always like this, okay? The very first time I got up on stage, I was like, mama says, right? <laughs> it was bad, you know? And, and I had to, I was, I had like 30 seconds I had to be up here, you know? And I walked around and I just couldn't show my face for a week, you know? See, there's a, there are things you will never get until you engage the body. Until you engage in volunteering. And let me just tell you, I didn't start out by coming up here. And nor did I ask for it, by the way. I, I started out by, I was on the worship team. And then I would show up at the volunteer uh, uh, furniture giveaways. And then I would come for church work days. You know, like, let me just tell you something. There, if you're looking for a breakthrough in your life, and, I, and I, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me while I was sitting here. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your life, why don't, it might be on the other side of just giving your time. Because there are certain things you will never get. You'll never get it. You'll never understand because it says you want to grow. There's only so much you're going to get by yourself. And again, what's my motivation? What's the motivation? It's got to be love. You see, don't let the devil or, or, or even yourself. It's probably, let's stop giving the devil so much credit. It's more you just going, well, I should be better. Or, you know, I'm not really called to be with the kids back there. and just, you know, Let me just tell you something. I mean, this is a pet peeve of mine. I, I, I'm going to burn up 30 seconds on this. Is, is that there's this, there's this mentality of, like, kids are an irritation, right? Get them out of the way, move them, you know, like, and, and, and there's always, there always, it kind of seems like there's always, like, a need for, like, people to volunteer there. Well, listen, you know, Jesus' heart towards kids was let the little children come to me. And you know what his disciples did? They tried to send them away. Why? Because they inconvenienced them. We can't do that. All right? We have to. Let me just tell you something. It's not about. It has nothing to do with a, with um, serving here. Okay, and being here has everything to do with growing up, <laughs> growing up into the body. And let me see. If you're a college student and you're just here, let me just encourage you. Get plugged in and do something because it's going to grow you up for whatever God has next for you. Do something. And it's not because, there, you know, there's this attitude, and I used to be just, just a slave to this mindset where, ah, oh, they're just after my money, or, yeah, they just, they just suck my time up. Every no, it's not for you. That, that's, that's, it's, it's, you got to understand, this is, this is, well, it is for you. Let me just back up. It's for you to grow up. They're not, they're not up here asking this to manipulate you. We're not here like, oh, we need your money. We need your, that's not the, the intent or the heart. The heart behind it is love, and it's for you. It's for you. So always, always come to Christ in that mindset. And whenever you hear that, it's, it's, it's God. God calling you to go out, hey, be with me. I want to fellowship with you. And you can't, there's things in me I can never teach you by yourself. There's things in me you'll never get unless you're plugged in. All right? Amen. Oh, the clock is ticking. Okay, 2 Corinthians 13.5. It says, Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourself, that Christ Jesus is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? Now, again, if you don't read that in God's love, you could really do some damage. Or you could really hurt yourself. Remember, you're a new creature in Christ. That's who you are. When you accepted him, you're brand new right now. 
right now. So when I read this, I go, okay, the Apostle Paul was telling me to measure myself. Every now and again, you have to go back to the Word and say, okay, God, where am I at? What am I doing? Do I, Lord, where am I at here? See, that's not, that's not a condemnation move. That's a, that's a, hey, God, I want more of you move. That's a, Lord, have I progressed? See, ho- say, Holy Spirit. Go, you just need to engage the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, have I progressed here? Have I, have I made it any further? Imagine what those conversations will have and the pr- change that, that conversation will have in your quiet times and in your prayer times with him. As we say, God, where am I at? Have I moved from here to here? He's the only one that can do it. Stop wandering around. It's, I mean, stop wandering around complaining all the time and going, oh, this, oh, God's up to something. No, he already did something. All right? He already did something. So just get quiet with him and don't make it complicated. Why don't you just put worship music on and thank him for what he's doing in your life right now? You know, this morning I walked up. I got up this morning. I go down into my basement. I go down there. And my sewer backed up. And I got all my basements down there. And it's just I got my whole sewer down there. And I thought, huh. So, well, thank you, Jesus. So then I walked over, turned on my worship moves, and I worship right next to the sewage this morning. See, God just wants you, God just wants you to spend time with him. That's the thing that's going to cultivate it. And he don't care if it's next to the sewer. He just wants you, he, he, he's so interested and so, so interested in you. He loves you so much. And that, out of that relationship, out of that intimate relationship is the thing that will bring forth change in your life. And the things that you've been asking for breakthrough, you've been asking for things. That will happen as you get close to Jesus. Just get close to him. Stop talking about yourself. And why don't you just start thanking him for the things that he's already done in your life? We don't need to overcomplicate our relationship with Jesus. So first off, here's a way to examine yourself. Number one, do you know that you're called? First uh, Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We all share a common calling in this life, and you have to live your life under the recognition that I have been called, first and foremost, to fellowship with Jesus Christ. That's the calling God's placed on your life. We all have not. Though there is individual specific callings and things that he's called you to do because he says that there is good works predetermined before the, um, the world was even laid down that you should walk in them. However, we all share the common calling to Christ. We, if you don't live your life, and so that's a measuring stick, Right? So measure yourself. Do I understand? Holy Spirit, have you revealed to me that the reason I'm here is for fellowship with Jesus? That's it. Let's not overcomplicate why, why we're here. You know, ask yourself that question. Why am I here? It's because you just need to be with Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's the bottom line is you were, you were supposed to be with Jesus. I want to give you this just to expound on that and move on. James 4.8 says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. See, this is how you get close to in fellowship with Jesus. And this is how an adult, a spiritual adult, because there, there are mindsets that just aren't very godly that we have. And uh, this is how you get close to Jesus. It says, draw near to me and I draw near to you. And I've heard many people say, we always have to take the first step. Yes, that's true. That's what the word says. But remember, he took the first step. That's already done. He removed, the Bible says that there, there was enmity between us and God. And his flesh took it away. When he went to the cross, he opened up the door. And it's quite literally like there would have been a blockage between me and Sam. And me and Sam can't get to each other. I paid the price. I moved the blockage out of the way. Now Sam gets to make the choice whether or not he's going to come to me or not. Now listen, the reason that's important is because you need to understand God doesn't want robots. He's given us the same option today that he gave Adam and Eve. Except... 
with one critical difference. The Holy Spirit can rest inside of him now and empower him to walk this way. See, we, we have got to start talking to Holy Spirit like he's person. No more abstract. You know, I, I told, I was, I was fellowshipping with pastor this week, and I said, you know, I, I, there's, this, there's this preacher I like to listen to, and he, he always uses, he, he talks about the Holy Spirit like this. He goes, you know, and Holy Spirit did this, and Holy Spirit did that. And, you know, he drops the the off of there. And it really kind of irritated me for a while until he really smacked me in the face. I was like, oh, that's because he's so intimate with him, and it's not abstract to this man. I don't call Pastor Matt the pastor. You know, that's just so abstract. And when, it, when, I, when it's like, oh, Jesus, it's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit wants to be intimate with you. And so when you draw near to him, he will do that to you. So have we, have, are, we, are we using that as our measuring stick? Do we realize, are we living under the, the, the conviction of a calling in our lives? Do you have a revelation of the Father's love? And I want to reinforce this, and we said it earlier. John 3.16, one of the most famous Bible verses ever quoted. What is it? For God so loved the world. Now, did it say, for God so got irritated with the world? <laughs> no, it didn't do that. Yet, we all approach God that way. We all approach him like, oh, I screwed up, I sinned again. What's his motivation? What was it? It was love. It was absolute love. And if you don't really have that revelation in your life, you need to go ask God for it because I'm just telling you right now, you will spend the rest of your life trying to earn an approval of something that's already been given to you. You, and, and the very first sermon that uh, Pastor did in this series, he said something very profound. If you don't have a revelation, quote, and I quote, if you don't have a revelation of the love of God that directs your life, you need to go ask for it, end quote. There's, you have got to press the Holy Spirit on that. Holy Spirit on that. You've got to ask Him. Until Holy Spirit gives you a revelation of it, you don't have a revelation of it. So, and and that's, that's the thing is that we think that, okay, well, if I, if I just come to church and I do this and do that, I, that's, and that's not a, a beat you up type of a, a, um, a statement. What I'm just trying to tell you is, is that you're not going to get it that way. You have to go get quiet with Him and ask Him. He wants to be present with you every moment and give you that revelation of how much he loves you every moment. And do you approach, last one, do you approach the Word and the Holy Spirit with a law or relationship? See, if you reproach him, see, the Bible says that the law, those lists of things that we can and cannot do, right, they were given to us for a reason to bring us to Jesus. Because when you come to that realization that I cannot do and keep any of these things, it will drive you to love. It will drive you to love. So that, that, but that's the mentality is that we need to ask God to renew our minds here to bring me to love. I, because this is about relationship. This is about relationship. It was always about relationship. God can raise people from the dead all by himself. Just being honest, he can. All right, He can do that all by himself. What he wants from you is relationship. That's what a spiritual adult looks like. Someone who looks at the Word, filters it through the love of God, and goes, I'm here to honor Him and just be with Him. That's why I exist. And I live my purpose every day when I get up because I've been made right with Him. Old things have passed away. All things have come brand new. Can I get the worship team to come up? 
So I want to really reinforce this, and I've said this a few times, but I really want to reinforce this. Don't listen to something like this and feel beat up. Don't listen to something like this and feel, oh, God, I'm just I'm not measuring up or I don't have those things. No, it's a test. It's a measuring stick. It's an examination. If there's anything inside of what was said this morning that you feel like you need, praise God. Thank him for that. And, and this is how we respond to that. And I want to lead you guys in a prayer because this is we, so often, so often we don't get the practicality of what it means to just respond to God in simple faith. It's so, so simple, and it's so practical. So um, let's pray. And with every eye closed, um, I want to lead you in this prayer. You have to say, Heavenly Father, please bring conviction into my life through your word. Let it produce faith. Let it produce repentance and revelation of Jesus Christ. I believe your word that says it is no longer I, but Christ that lives within me. Thank you for doing what you said you would do. Amen. And look up at me. What you just prayed was a, was a, was a prayer. It was very, you, you did something very profound because all you did was say, okay, Lord, I realize that there was conviction, not condemnation. Please let that release faith in my life into what you already did for me on the cross because he said he made you brand new. So when he shows you something through a counselor, through, through a book that you read, through you know, your study of the scriptures, when he shows you something, your response just needs to be, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for showing me that because your word says in Christ, I'm not like that anymore. And it can be right now. It can be right now. You don't have to wait for 30 years. There's so many people that are wandering around with mommy and daddy issues. We're wounded wounders, right? Because that's what we do. You know, we're people that have hurt that have hurt other people. And, and God is saying, you know, you got to let that go. And I really sense, and I really mean this, I sense that that's something that really, let that just, just rest in that word for a minute, is that you can let it go. And it's okay to let it go. You know, the hurt, the pain. You know, one of the, one of the most profound preachers today, her name is Joyce Myers, lover or hater, she preaches the word and she preaches it straight. She had an awful childhood was raped by her father almost every day, you know, and you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know that about her. Why? It's because she's new in Christ. That didn't happen to her as far as she's concerned. That's totally behind her. Absolutely 100% behind her. And she let it go because she took it back to the cross and said, Jesus took this to the cross with him, made me new. My beginnings came from him. So if you don't know the Lord, I want to just pray with you right now because I want to give you an opportunity to know him because it is, it will, it, it is why we're here. It's a part of our calling to always give you an opportunity to introduce you to Jesus, to Holy Spirit, and to our Father who is in heaven. So with every eye closed, if you don't know the Lord and you want to know him, just slip up your hand. I'm going to pray for you right now. 
So I just want to lead you in a prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. Come into my life. Make me new. I want to be with you. I want to know, Holy Spirit. I want to know your love in my life. Give me revelation of what you did for me on that cross. I position myself to hear from you. In Jesus' name. You stand and worship. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.